0: Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at LanierHills.com. Amen. Awesome, awesome, man. What a great uh, time of worship and testimonies right there, man. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you to celebrate with us tonight. If you liked what you just saw, there's going to be like a couple of hours of that tonight. Of worship, of testimonies, of people sharing how they've been set free from addictions. And not just like a substance, but other types of things too that have held people back and chains in their lives. So that'll be happening tonight at, at 6 o'clock. Anybody's welcome. You don't have to be like in addiction or whatever. You, you can be bringing somebody. Just come worship tonight and celebrate what God's doing. It'll be tonight. We're kicking off a brand new ministry for addiction recovery. And after this week, they'll be launch off into groups that help each other grow and hold each other accountable. So that'll be happening in the next few weeks. But anyway, thank you for coming. If you're new today, I want to welcome you. I'm Pastor Randall, and I want to welcome all you online worshiping with us this morning. I know we have a great group. Of people all over the world literally that tune in with us and worship with us so welcome and if you have a Bible we're going to join in together and study the scripture this morning and ask God to speak into our lives and challenge and challenge us and uh, open our eyes up you know you saw these testimonies of these different people and something happened in all of their lives something very important see what happened is they, they saw God, they recognized God's presence, and they responded to Him. And it changed their life. And that's what we're talking about this morning. It's being able to see, see the most important things in our life. You know, like, uh, I'm sure everybody here has probably been at some time where you recognize you're missing the most important things around you that are going on. Like, when I, my kids were little, and we would go to the beach, you know, or even just, even now, we go to the beach or whatever, and, and this beauty on the beach is there, you know. And I'm not talking about my wife. She's beautiful, too, but I'm talking about the ocean, right? And, and we're there. We're, like, uh, enjoying it all. And, but I'm over there, and, and if I'm honest, I'm on my phone. Anybody else? You're, like, scrolling or whatever and just kind of, like, you're, you're somewhere else. And the beauty of all this, my kids play in when they were young. And then I would just have this sense that, that like, somebody was staring at me. And I look over, and those eyes of my beautiful wife were staring a hole right through me. Like, What are you doing? You're missing the moment. You're missing the most important thing. You know what I'm talking about? You guys ever get that? I'm sure you do. You're you're just kind of somewhere else, and you're missing the most important thing, whether it's your family, you know, or maybe uh, it's God's voice you're missing because you're doing something else. Maybe it's a time that, you know, you (laughs) just— Maybe it's for your parents and you only have a few years left or maybe they've passed on. And you're like, I missed some valuable moments because I was busy or whatever. It's very hard for us. We all have this challenge of like, recognizing what's important when it's right in front of us. We have that challenge, and when we miss the important, it impacts our life. It can, it, we miss out on those moments of relationship. We miss out on the moments of deepness. We miss out on the opportunity to see God work in our life. But what I want to talk about today is not just missing the moments in our family and the, those moments, but on how we miss God, how we miss Him speaking into our life, how we miss the presence of God and maybe that's you this week, you've just been going to work, you've been doing life, you've been just been raising kids, or you've been going to school, you've been doing all your thing, and, you're, and you stop and look back like, "Where was God in my life this week? Did I miss him? I bet, I, I bet he was there, and his presence was there. you just didn't perceive it and weren't receptive to it. We miss the most important. So today we're going to talk about how we can keep from, from missing the presence in the message of God in our everyday life. Because I believe he wants to speak into us. And when we hear his voice, listen, when we hear his voice, you know what he does? It gives us purpose. It gives us meaning. It gives us direction. It gives us joy. But when we miss the presence of God working right now, and he is working right now in your life, when you miss it, you miss out on direction. You miss out on some, some important guidance and wisdom. You miss out, most importantly, though, on this relationship your maker wants to have with you. And so today we're going to talk about hearing and uh, not overlooking the presence of God's message in your life, okay? So uh, we're going to start, though, in John 11, where we've been going, and we're going to start before that. We're going to pray. And I want you to ask God this this morning, as we try to start every Sunday, Lord, would you speak to me, and, and specifically today, I want you to say, God, I want to I not overlook your presence in my life, so would you give me ears to hear and eyes to see, a mind to understand, and a heart that's open, so would you pray with me, and let's just ask him to do that. Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves us and who wants to work in our life, and right now you have this room full of people and people online, people who are not by accident here or listening. They are here and listening because of your divine sovereignty and plan. You have them in this place and in this moment, and you have something very, very significant and personal that you want to say to each and every one of us. But Lord, we need ears to hear, so we ask God that you would do the job of opening our ears to you. Help us to hear you, your words, your voice speaking this morning. We ask for eyes that can see spiritual things. So open our eyes to see you and to recognize your presence in our life so we don't miss it. And Lord, we pray for an open mind, a humble mind that can receive truth and wisdom and discernment from you. So Lord, would you open our minds to your truth? And Lord, an open heart that can fill your presence and re- walk in a relationship with you, would you open our hearts to you today? Now, Lord, get me out of the way. I pray people would just see Jesus and walk away knowing how to follow you, love you more, and make you the king of their life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in John chapter 11, where we've, we've been, we've been going through the book of John. We've been t- walking through this book. And just looking at who Jesus is and what he has to say and and, and getting to know him more personal in our life as John is just revealing who he is, his character and what he came to do. And so we've been walking through it. we looked at the first part of John 11 last week and it was a cool story about how God raised a man from dead this guy named Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus, and his sister and, and Mary and Martha were also good friends. I'll just review the story for you if you don't know it, because I don't want to assume everybody knows it, but they, they were good friends of Jesus's, and they, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. He was in another town a few miles away and said, hey, but Lazarus is dying. You need to come. Come heal him, basically, and what does Jesus say? He says, okay, and he waited two days. And he waited two days and met Lazarus, died. Now he says, it's time for us to go. He looks at his disciples and says, it's time for us to go. Um, Lazarus is dead. And, and they're like, why did he wait? And, and he says, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. But he's really dead, but not sleeping spiritually is what he's saying. And here's what he said. He said, this has happened so that you may see the glory of God revealed in me. And so they go down. They go over to the town and where they were. And when they get there, Mary and Martha, they have the interaction with Mary and Martha, and they're like, if you'd been here, he would not have died, but we believe you can do anything now. And when Jesus sees all of them weeping and mourning, he weeps with them, and he mourns with them, and he's brokenhearted. So what does he do? He goes to the grave with them, and there's a stone there, and, and Jesus says, remove the stone. And Lazarus, he's telling him he's going to come out, but one of the sisters says, but Jesus, in the King James Version, He stinketh. <laughs> He stinks. He's been dead for four days. There's an odor, a great odor. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. He said, Lazarus, come out of the grave. And what happens? Lazarus comes out with his grave clothes on, and he comes walking out, and and everyone's just astonished, right? So this dead man walks again. He's set free from those chains of death, and he comes out. Now imagine being there. You're one of the ones mourning with Mary and Martha. What would you have done? Would you have been like in shock? How would you have responded? I bet this morning, I bet a lot of you would have believed because you believed having not even been there. And Jesus says, blessed are those who do not see, but still believe. And so you believe, and so come, that's awesome. But I bet there's some here too that you would still have a hard time believing it and seeing it because that's exactly what happened then too. So let's pick up on the story, see what happens next in this story. So John chapter 45 we're going to pick up, I mean, not 45, chapter 11, verse 45. There's not 45 chapters. All right, here we go. (laughs) Therefore, it says, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. That's probably where a lot of you would be today. You'd believe, right? But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So listen, here's, here's where they were. Think about this. They saw this man come out of the grave. They were there. They were there actually mourning with Mary and Martha. They saw him be put in the grave. They knew for four days he'd been in there and they saw him come out but they still didn't believe. Why? Well, blindness, spiritual blindness. That's why we always pray, Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see what we can't see. Spiritual blindness, cold-hearted, a, a, a closed heart. They would not believe. They had their own traditions, and what Jesus did, maybe he didn't fit into the box that they had that of what Jesus should come and do. Because Jesus, you know what? He hung out with some people that they wouldn't hang out with. He hung out with some, some sketchy people. They're like, that's not the king. He would not do that. Even though he can raise some people from the dead, we still don't believe. So what happens next? Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. So they're like the religious leaders. And they said, what are we accomplishing? They asked. They said, look, here's this man performing all of these signs. And if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans, they will come and take away both our temple and our nation. So they're like, he's getting a big following and people are just like rallying around him. And so they start thinking, if he gets a big following, they're going to overtake the temple. They're over, And, and then Romans are going to come in. They're going to squash it. We're going to leave with all of our power and our prestige. Our temple is going to be destroyed. So they're thinking very practically, like, he can't do this. But also very selfishly, because whose power is, who's going to lose power? They are. And so what happens next? It says this in verse 49. Then one of them named Caiaphas. was the high priest that year. So he was the most important guy. He spoke up. He says, you know, you guys know nothing at all. Let me tell you basically what God's saying. He says, you do not realize it, that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. Now, if we just took that scripture right there out of context, it sounds like the gospel, doesn't it? One man going to die for the whole nation. But he wasn't thinking that way. He's thinking pragmatically. He's thinking this. He's saying, hey, we need to take this guy out to rescue and save the rest of the nation. So God is speaking through him, but he doesn't even recognize that it's a a prophecy. Because look at the next scripture. He says this in verse 51. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. Oh yeah, he just didn't know how. In verse 52, he says, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So he gets up and he prophesies. He says, God has told me that this man must die for the nation so we can be saved. But he's thinking physically and not destroyed by the Romans, but what he doesn't know that God is literally speaking through him and prophesying that this is the plan. This man will die and all of Israel will be saved. And not just Israel, but you and me. He doesn't even recognize it. So here you see guys standing and saw Lazarus come out of the grave. They don't believe. You see another guy, a high priest, God's chosen man. That time he gets up and prophesies, and he still doesn't even recognize what God's doing. And what happens after that? It says, so from that day on, they plotted to take his life. They're like, all right. It set in motion the plot to kill him. So what do we see here in this story? What do we see? We see God speaking, we see God working, we see his presence, we see people like changed and then we see some people, even though God is speaking and working and doing miracles right in the middle in their face and even speaking through them, they don't recognize the presence of God. Why? They had their own agendas. They had their own stuff going on in their life, their own busyness, their own religions. They had their own things, but they miss it. And here's where I'm going with this today. We can be just like that. God can be working in our life, speaking, even giving words. You might even be coaching and telling somebody else the truth, and you're missing it for yourself. As a parent, you might be coaching your kids, and you're missing it for yourself. God might be performing a miracle right now in your life and you don't even recognize it as his hand. And you're wondering, where's God in my life? Or is there even a God? He's like, dude, I'm right here. (laughs) Don't you see me? For some of you today, listen, God is speaking. He's giving a word of warning because you are headed towards a cliff and you're on the wrong path. And if you continue on that path, you're going off and destruction's coming your way. And you're, like, and you're just going along, missing the voice, just like the, the Israelites did. Some of you, God's blessing your socks off right now and you're wondering, where's God? And he's like, do you see it? I'm right here. We miss the presence of God. Why? Why? I'm going to share a few reasons why in a moment. I almost missed what God was doing in my life a few weeks ago. So at the beginning of this year, I always ask God, like, what's the message you want us to hear to start the year? So January 1st this year, I think it was Sunday or right around then, whatever the first Sunday was, I I had this burden on my heart to preach about the providence of God. The providence of God. And providence, we learn, means This literal translation means God has seen to it. It's like you're going to somebody, you know, and, and you ask them, hey, will you take care of this? And they're like, taken care of, I'll, I'll see to it. And providence is God saying, I will see to it. And so the providence of God reminds us that he's already gone before us. He's already seen through it. And so that message was for you, but it was especially for me because I was going into this year very worried, very concerned about some financial things in our life, had weddings coming up, events happening in our life. F- the things were changing around financially and I was freaking out a little bit. So I preached a message to myself. I hope you guys got something out of it too. But it was about God's providence and, and how he's already seen to it and taken care of all the details. So I go into the year, but you know what I'm still doing? I'm still worried. I'm still stressing. I'm still probably like you, like, where's, how's he going to provide? And then God did something amazing. He gave me some opportunities. Dane and I do some stuff outside of church too, to, to, just so we can continue being part of a church and, and, and give too. And we were doing some things, and, and God just blessed our socks off. And it went from being one of the hardest years to one of the best years ever in our, year, in our life financially. And then I sat down with my accountant, and I found out how much taxes I have to pay. <laughs> you, know, you know, y'all are like, yeah, yep. Some of you business owners, you're like, yep. And I figured, and I'm like, oh man. And I started getting mad. I'm like, God, I thought you were going to provide and you're going to, you know, all this. And then, you know, and I was getting worried. I'm like, I'm not going to have enough. But I want you to know God provided every single thing we needed this year and more than I ever could have imagined. He saw to it. And when I recognize, even though I still got to play Caesar, and I'm going to do that because I don't want to get in trouble, right? But I was able this year to write the biggest tithe check I've ever written in my life and I'm not bragging about that I'm bragging on God because he saw to it and I almost missed it I almost missed it I was worried about what I got to pay and what am I going to have enough after and you know all that and then God's like hey dummy this is me recognize my hand and how I provide for you and how I love you and I just start crying I almost missed it I bet right now God's working in your life and providing, and you're so worried and stressed, and you miss that God's saying, Hey, dummy, I got you. I see you. I'm providing. I'm going to take care of it. Just stop for a moment and see me working in your life. We can miss him. Easy. Man, he was performing miracles in my life. He performed miracles and brought Lazarus from the, back from the dead, and they've still missed him. Where are you missing God right now in your life? Maybe it's not a blessing. Maybe it's a warning. Maybe it's a decision to be made. But we miss him. So, how do we why do we miss him? Why is it so easy to miss him? Let me give you a few reasons why. Here's why I think we miss him. Some of the business first one's busyness. You know what? We miss Jesus because we are busy, right? We're just busy. Who in here would agree you're just busy all the time, right? We're just busy, and it's good because, you know, you know, free time is a good time to get in trouble, but busyness is good, but when we get too busy for God, we're too busy. We get busy. Do you know I heard that, well, on average, Americans waste 10 hours a day just being entertained or just doing nothing, right? Take your sleep, take your work, and there's 10 hours in there, and most of the time we're doing nothing with it. We're just entertained, we're entertained by different things or whatever, but man, we just busy. We're too busy. Here's another reason that I think we have we have we're more focused on materials and things and materialism. We get focused on having, needing more stuff. And listen, I'm in the culture with you just like this today with inflation and all these things, and we worry about it. But when it comes down to it, listen, when God gives us stuff like he blessed us this year, when God gives us stuff, if we love the stuff more than the one who provides it, we're being materialistic. Every good thing that comes into your life has come from God, but will you stop and recognize where it comes from? Or are you trying to find those things to seek, to fill up the void in your life? But we have to get to the place where like, oh, you know what? I have this stuff but God is the one that provides it. And if I don't have enough, if you're just seeking more and more and more of that stuff and ignoring the one who gives it, man, you are on the wrong path. Another one, distractions. Man, we get distracted. I think it's so easy today to be distracted. Anybody agree with that? You have in your phone right now, on your, you're reading your Bible, but that same thing that has your Bible on it, you know what it has on it? It has movies, and it has all this stuff, and all things that can distract us. And, and I, <laughs> I just thought about this. My boys, I love my boys, and they're awesome. But you know what they do? And how many of you have you found out your kids are doing this? I will walk by the shower, and I'm like, why are they in the shower for so long? They have their phone in the shower watching TV shows. Who else has found your kids doing that? Do you have a, Yeah? Yeah? I'm like, is this like a new thing? Here's what I know. I have some of my most spiritual God moments in that hot water shower, right? They're missing out on the God moments in the shower because they're just, let's see what friends has to say. You know, whatever. What's? where they're watching a show. So they're missing the moment. And when of them's in here today. He's probably like, dad, why'd you embarrass me? But it's the, the joy of being a, parent, of a preacher's kid. But um. Distractions. Do you know on average Americans who spend two hours a day on social media? We're too busy for God, but we got time for what all the other stuff. Now, I'm not saying you need to get off all that stuff, but I'm saying is maybe you're missing what God's doing in your life because you're distracted. Maybe it's not that, maybe it's a hobby, maybe whatever, but we miss it, right? The other thing, unbelief. Maybe you just got, you unbelief, like those people, it was happening right in front of their heart, their cold eyes, and I mean, their eyes and their hearts, and they could not believe it. It was unbelievable, so they didn't believe it. Maybe you don't believe it, and you don't see it, that's why. Or maybe arrogance, arrogance keeps us from seeing God. Some of you got this, you think, I already know, I know it all. You wouldn't say it, but you, you think you know it all already. I like to challenge people like that. They're like, oh, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Here's what I like to ask somebody. Maybe you know somebody like that, or maybe it's you today. So here's what I like to ask people. Let me ask you something. You think you know there's, do you think you know 50% of everything there is to know in the world? 50%. If you think you are, then you're probably fooling yourself. Do you know everything, all the knowledge, 50% of it to know in the world? Well, no. Okay, let's do a quarter. You know 25%? No. 10%? No. 5%? No. 3%? You don't know 3% of everything there is to know in the world? No. Well, what if Jesus exists and the 97% you don't know? And you think you know it all. See, we come to that idea. I've got it all figured out. I can tell you what. God is much bigger than your little 3%, you know. And maybe if you opened your eyes and your mind to say, God, I don't know it all, would you reveal yourself to me? You might just start to grow wiser. And God might start just showing up in your life. Arrogance. the other one is this. Rigid beliefs. You just have really, really rigid beliefs. You've got God in a box. This is how he should be and how he should act and what he should do. And you miss when God acts outside your box. See, that's why the Israelites missed him, because he didn't fit in their box. He didn't come doing what they wanted him to do. He didn't act the way they wanted to Hung out with sketchy people, right? And you, Jesus not acting the way you want him to act, or do, he doesn't fit your little religious box, so you miss him working. Or maybe a lack of gratitude. You just don't see him, like I almost missed him when God blessed me. I just, just almost missed it. Or maybe it's a lack of spiritual disciplines in spiritual practices. It's just been a long time since you've been in the Word or in time with prayer. I could go on and on and on with a list of things that cause us to miss Jesus' presence in our life. But here's the challenge today. Let's not be like that. God's challenging us and you and me to do this, to be more perceptive and receptive to His presence in our life. To be able to perceive where he's working and receive the message that he's given. He's always working. I believe this. People are like, I don't ever hear God's voice or I don't ever see God. Listen, I think this God's working all the time. We just don't perceive it and receive it because we've got all this stuff going on. So then how do we, how do we perceive it and receive it? How do we do better at that? Let me give you some practical things and here's what I want you to do. I want you to, Maybe you need to do all five of these things, but I want you to ask the Lord before I go through this list, I want you to say, Lord, which one of these do I need to be doing in my life? Which one can I put into practice this week? The first one would be this, to seek some solitude. Seek solitude. You know, that's just the quietness of just being still. Turn off the notifications and just be quiet before the Lord. It's so hard for us to do that today. Maybe it's In the morning, you get up, you find a quiet place, and you sit still before the Lord. Maybe it's taking your dog for a walk and say, for the next 20 minutes, I'm turning my phone off. I'm going to leave my phone at the house, and I'm just going to walk, and I'm going to listen and talk with the Lord. Maybe it's on your 45-minute commute in the morning. Instead of getting mad because of talk radio, you actually turn it off and just let God speak into your life. Before I went into ministry, um, I worked at a body shop And uh, it was a big body shop in Roswell. And it had uh I had my little corner where all I did is tape up bumpers to get them to paint. It was a Honda dealership, and I was get the pump the bumpers ready up to paint to be painted. And on the rest of the the body shop, they you know they were doing like mechanic work, they're doing all this repairing cars. And uh I think I was the probably the only believer in that body shop, and it was a big one. And I uh it was a tough season, a couple of years, in their and they're working because they had this everywhere you look, plastered with nude women on the wall, you know, pictures, all this stuff, and um, pornography magazines, just all this stuff everywhere, and just raunchy music being played. And over in my little corner, and it was loud. And over in my little corner, they had all, you know, they, all their stuff. I had scriptures on my wall. I had scriptures, and I had a little bitty radio, and I would lean over and listen to sermons all day long. And I was just trying to do my best in the midst of all this chaos. And, and I mean, these guys were pretty crazy. Like, for, for each other's birthdays, which there was a lot of them, they would bring strippers in to, like, dance in the middle of the body shop. Pretty crazy. Probably wouldn't get far with that today in our culture, right? But that was what was going on. They would do that, and, and they'd come over and say, hey, Randall, we're having strippers today. You may not want to be here. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. But you know what I did? You know what got me through that time? Just about every day, I would leave for lunch, take my Bible, go to a park, open my Bible, eat a sandwich, and just spend time with Jesus. And God did more in that time there in speaking into my life than probably any other season in my life. Because I made time, a solitude, to be with him. You may be thinking, man, you don't know my culture. Am I where I'm at? Listen, prioritize it. Second thing, prioritize your spiritual growth. Make it the most important period of your day. And when you get in there, you open up the word and say, Lord, speak to me. a little study and let him journal. You know, Prioritize your spiritual growth. Get quiet with him, but not just quiet. Get in community like you are today. Get with other believers who are seeking the Lord, hearing his voice. And here's what happens. When you get around other believers who are hearing God's voice and watching him work in your life, it's funny how God starts to do the same thing in your life. You prioritize your spiritual growth. The third thing. The third thing would be this. To limit your distractions. Just to actually take some time to turn off your phone, man. Turn off your phone. Is there any period in your day where you just, no one can bother you? Where God can just work? Maybe before you go to bed or when you get up in the morning, throughout your day, whatever, just limit your distractions. And then fourth, cultivate humility in your life. One of the most important things we can say is, God, is I don't know everything. I open my ears. I open my heart. I open my mind. Would you show me who you are? I want to see you. When you come into worship, come in with a spirit of humility saying, I don't know it all. God, I'm here. I'm an open heart, open book. Would you speak into me? And it's amazing how we start to see God when we act like and we realize we don't have all the answers. Cultivate humility. And then last one. This is a great one for coming up on Thanksgiving. Develop gratitude. Just develop some gratitude. Start to see when good things come into your life, recognize where they come from, and that's the hand of God bringing that into your life. And you start to say, God, thank you for that. And you start to see him working, and you just recognize when God brings a special person into your life. That's God. Thank you, God. Thank you for bringing that person. When God brings a warning from a friend, or from a pastor or from a book or whatever. Or you're, you are alone in the shower and you get an aha moment and you're like, oh God, thank you. Develop some gratitude. And when you start to see God at work in your life, you see, ah, oh, he's there. He's working. Maybe this next few couple weeks going up to Thanksgiving, you just take a moment every day. Here's what happened to me the last couple of days. I was just was driving down, uh, had a few moments in the car, and I was just like, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for providing all that I was worried about. Thank you for a beautiful, amazing wife. Thank you for four kids who love Jesus and who are healthy. Thank you for an amazing church who just, like, I love to serve. Thank you for what you're doing in our church and the people you're bringing. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to live in this amazing place. And I start going through, and before I know it, I'm just, I'm just a mess. And when you start to recognize what God's doing. And, and then I was like, Lord, thank you for your warnings in my life. Thank you for those who love me enough to speak truth. So he's working, he's speaking, his presence is there. We have to perceive it and receive it. God's working your life right now. For some of you, he's given you a stern warning, and you know it. For some of you, he wants to direct you, and, and you're worried and you're worried and you're worried. And he wants to direct your path, but you're just so busy. You're missing him, showing you where to go. Others, he's, he wants you to know he's got you, but you're so distracted. You haven't just stopped to listen to his voice. Right now, God's speaking to each one of you. What is he saying to you? Let's not hurry past this moment. Why don't we do this? Let's just take a moment and be quiet. Let's, let's enter into some solitude for a moment. We just bow your heads. Father, we humble ourselves before you. First of all, say so we don't know it all. We don't have all the answers. And we can so quickly and easily miss your presence in our life. We don't want to be like those where you perform miracles right in front of them and they missed it. We don't want to be those who have the truth in their mouth but can't recognize it from you. So Lord, right now, would you give us open eyes and ears, open hearts and minds to perceive you working in our life. To be receptive to your presence and what you are saying to us. Because we know there's deeper joy, purpose and meaning. There's relationship beyond our imagination when we see you and follow you and walk in relationship with you. So right now with your eyes bowed and closed your mind, just open to him, here's what I want you to ask the Lord. Lord, what do you want to say to me right now? Is it a word of warning, a word of guidance, a word of affirmation? Maybe it's a word to put your faith in Jesus for the very first time in your life to trust him that he came he died as was prophesied that one man would die for the whole world and save them and that you're part of that was prophesied 2,000 years ago that you put your faith in him Says, whoever calls on the Lord will be saved maybe right now You recognize God working, the prompting in your heart that you need to put your faith in him. Call out to him saying, Lord, save me. What's God saying to you right now? Father, thank you for speaking. Holy Spirit, thank you for prompting and working, giving us visions and insight. Let it not just be on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday, in the middle of our day, or Tuesday and Wednesday. Let us recognize you, not miss these divine moments where you speak to us and you guide us and you show us your presence. Lord, it's my prayer that this week, every single one of us would perceive you working and be receptive to your voice. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray.